Hi, my name's Brandon. And if you're anything like me, you've been waiting your entire life. But finally, at long last, Daddy's home! This is Get Into the Groove, the podcast where we find a groove and we get into it. And with me, as always, she's kind, but she's not simple. It's Jeannie. Hello. Hi. And of course, with us, as always, let's do what Mary and Joseph did without the kid. It's Melissa. (laughs) And finally... Melissa said, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Finally, if I ever meet the dirty policeman that roughed you up, well, I don't know what. It's Colton Cox. <laughs> and you guys, we must be coles- collectively Kirsten Dunst in Bring It On because, girl, we've been touched by an angel because we have our first friend of the pod with us. Did you get that? I absolutely did. I am dead stuck on on Mary and Joseph. <laughs> they didn't bone. They didn't. But they didn't have the kid. Wait, well, wait, wait, we wait, wait. Do the, well, wait, but but they Jesus had half brothers. Yeah, I was confused. <laughs> this isn't in my notes. I don't have anything about this. <laughs> I'm not prepared. Our friend of the pod. He's a singer. Mm. He's a songwriter. He's a guitarist. He's a pianist. He's a harpist. He's a violist. He's a flautist, a poet, and a co-host of the podcast, We Were Christian Kids. And he's the only motherfucker who can handle me. (gasps) (laughs) It's Calvin Arsenio! You're gonna make me cry. Get it together, get it together. (sighs) Get it together. So I'm I'm gonna ask you a question like we're professionals or something. Um, So you describe yourself as Jeff Buckley meets Nina Simone meets Sam Cooke meets Bjork, which uh, I say this with all the love in the world is a truly bonkers collection of (laughs) artists. Um, Okay. For the record, I did not say that about myself. That is what somebody else said about me. Okay. So you would not categorize yourself as all of those. I mean, they are inspirations and I do use parts of their techniques and like approaches to music as like beacons of hope. Like like if I had a compass, it wouldn't be north, south, east, west. It'd be like soul, experimental, like in like uh prog rock and classical music. So this leads into my question. Mm-hmm. What's a groove you're always into? <gasps> Meaning an album that you listen to from top to bottom. Like if you hear a song from an album, you're like, oh, I got to listen to that whole thing. Fuck. You didn't tell me we that. We have a catchphrase now. Is that what that is? Yes. It's going <laughs> to be for every guest. <laughs> I'm so honored. Um, uh, I, um, you know, I can't say just one. Say three. Say multiple. Well, okay. Um, I Top three. Top three. Top three albums top three grooves top to bottom okay 
Um, I've been I've been getting back into Mariah Carey recently. Oh, and shocking! Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shocking. I hope you all heard that glare. Um, so I feel like Rainbow is just like classic Mariah, and it's like good. It's good the whole way through, and I am a fan unabashedly and if you're not a fan you should listen to her audiobook because it's fabulous the audiobook it is fabulous it tells a lot of things about her that you would have never known and like not like not in a cliche or like super fan in a superficial way like the book is good she's a good person she worked her ass off she's a studio musician and she kills it and i would i'm going to uh probably talk about her in a little bit because i I see quite a difference between her and St. Vincent's approach to studio work. Um, oh. and, and, and I, and I want to bring that comparison in a bit. Another album that I really love is Vespertine by Bjork. Sorry, you yeah, okay. knew that already, yeah. but yeah, that- of course. <laughs> did the girls know it? Did the, did, did the people, did you the kids out there know You recommended it? that album to me at one point in yeah, time. Yeah, did you listen to I, it? Yeah, I did. Did you like it? I did. I haven't listened to a whole lot of Bjork since then. Yeah. That's the best one though. But it's it was good and I was interested. I think I listened I think I listened to Bastards too is another mm, one that mm, I listened to. That's a remix, to. yeah. 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 I wonder okay, so doing. so 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 Bjork is the kind of music that really is best served live. And and she's also a, a such a cra- like a diligent <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> A diligent craftsperson of of studio and audio, like audio engineering, and just like really exploring like the like the crevices of sound, and and so she's incredibly inspiring in that way. And as a vocalist, to me, you know, I grew up in choirs and in singing in church, and so the like, in choirs just like blend in, and in church it's like push God, and so like and and like not put yourself out there in a way to like to derive attention to yourself, and so to listen to a singer who you cannot ever unhear <laughs> and 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 to hear her using techniques that sounds like she's somewhere between like a six-year-old child like singing to herself in a field and like an old ancient woman singing singing like on her deathbed like but also inhuman at the same time like it sounds alien. completely yeah alien. yeah like but there's just like like the, like it is completely free of shame and mm-hmm. i think that that is what i love about her um, and my third wildly experimental approach to everything she does it's experimental to us though true this yes. is the thing about yeah. Bjork though and if you watch her work and like like see any documentaries or concerts about her like it's experimental to everyone else she is <laughs> her element <laughs> and she's just having a great time true and and so so when I'm approaching music myself I'm just like okay like I just I just want to feel what, what feels good and do that and um and B- and and Bjork is a big influence about that kind of mindset to me, and um, here's another one, Toasty. Um, I really love, um, I really love um Lana Del Rey's most recent record, uh, and the Kim Trails over. No, wait, wait, wait. Well, no, actually, that is the most recent record, and okay. I do love it. But I was speaking about the one before that. Was it Lust for Life? Nope, okay. I didn't like that one. Okay. Um, fuck, what's it called? Let's just let's just the, check the Iggy Pop album, Lust for Life. Cool. <laughs> okay, no, not LCD. Same Sanchez. name, yeah. <laughs> but yes, 
Um, I still think it's wild that the, not to get off topic, but that Iggy Pop was in Pete and Pete. Did you know that? Oh, Norman fucking Rockwell. Okay, there you go. I love that one. Yeah. He's a recurring character in Pete and Pete on the Nickelodeon show. Sorry, I didn't that mean to distract. Right, <laughs> Is that yes. any, any, any kind of reference to Pete and repeat? I don't think so, no. Oh, okay. Anyway. So, top Plus, three. Yeah. Brian Carey, Bjork, Lana Del Rey. It's, uh, uh, it's a yes. rotating top three, I would assume. Like they, well, the okay, those are, those are the albums that I love from top to bottom. Those are uh, not my favorite artists. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Valid. Fair. Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, well, we're going to get into um, an album by an artist who has many different influences also, but we have um, an order of business to take care of because it's our Jolly Giants birthday, so we're going to be singing happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. Uh-uh. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. It's Colin's birthday. Hey. Yay. Yay. Thanks, guys. He's old. What are you going to do for this year? Uh, something. Something. A song just came out on the radio today. Yes, a song just came <gasps> out on the, yes, on the radio. Yes, it was on KKFI today. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Um, yes, it's out on all streaming platforms. The name of the song is Stuck. Very proud of it. And uh, it is the lead single off of my EP that I will be releasing in July. Well, that's something you're doing fabulous. this year. Yes. I can't wait to get fabulous. that thing stuck in my head. Oh. Wow. <laughs> um, I suppose I should add too well, that uh, to promote that tour, me and uh, Mr. Arsenia will be going on a short little tour together <laughs> for that. So, little promo, even though I think this is coming out. It's, it's before. before it's, that it's before yeah, it's all yeah. happening. So, why don't you tell okay. the kids a when pro- it's happening? A promo is, a, is like a whole season. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's, it's That's why we're doing the show. It starts you. in uh, Wichita, um, the July 22nd. And then we'll be coming back to KC that Friday for a secret show as of right now. <gasps> well, it's not uh, a secret anymore. Secret. And then um, we're going to be at the Rhino on the 24th, which is will be the actual like release show. Uh, and then that Sunday will be in Lawrence. Fabulous. Nice. So if you're out there, the, the 16 of you that are listening and <laughs> subscribed and downloading our shit, get your tickets. Or... At least put it in your date. So book. we lost one, but then gained four. Yes. All right. All right. So, we didn't miss yeah. you then. <laughs> no, get, get your tickets. Miss you. Get yes. your tickets. Yes. And buy one for your mother as well. And your mother, your, your, your daughter, your dogs, your friends, everybody. Everybody. And if you can't show up, recommend a friend to go in your place. And if your friends don't want to go, just send us a Venmo. If your friends don't want to go, they're not your friends. Mm. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's going to be a grand old time. It's going to be a gay old time. Well, a g- uh, I'm gay. Okay, at least half of it's going to be a gay old time. <laughs> be a big gay time, and half of it will be big. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Continuing. <laughs> Moving right along, we're talking about St. Vincent's latest release. She released an album as of this recording last week. On the 14th of May, yes. but it'll be like a month ago for the kids out there. Anyway, it's called Daddy's Home. 
Hey, Daddy. Hey, Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Um, and um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a seventies vibe. Yeah. We're going back she in time. Is. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. It's a. I mean, it was weird. I was just going through this album, and every time I went through it, I just kept thinking, "This is like a love song to Linda Ronstadt." Linda, <laughs> Linda Ronstadt. Like okay. The whole, yeah. The whole time, that's all I could think of was Linda Ronstadt. Interesting. I I, yeah. I got like there's several '70s like. I don't know if you call them singer songwriters or like, mm-hmm. like, like Artists. Dusty Springfield. Is oh, one. Dusty Springfield all uh, day. And then the other yes. one that I thought of that's a little more obscure is a band called Smith. They also had a female singer and they have a cover of um, Baby It's You, which it's not by the Beatles, but the Beatles kind of helped bring it more fame. Um, I'll have to play that song for you guys sometime because yeah. it's very like St. Vincent fits like this album fits yeah. right um, into that vibe. Interesting. And, and this, this record is interesting because like up until the, sp- well, okay. I won't say all that. Like from like strange mercy to mass seduction, it's been this like weird futuristic gay disco. Like it's, it's all, it's all been um, like heavily produced. Uh, very electric, very out of this world. And then she like kind of threw all that away for this record and was like, I don't know, like it's just the band. It's just like people just performing music. Having said all that, we go into our first track, Pay Your Way in Pain, which actually reminds me of like, I feel like it's the only St. Vincent song on this record. This this one almost lost me. It lost you. Why? Oh, yeah, I don't. Really? Did. I was like, oh, this is gonna be the whole album. I'm not gonna like it. Brandon's not gonna be happy with me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I would have accepted it. I would have accepted I, it. Why? Why didn't you like this one? I didn't, I didn't fucking. This love is this the song. lead single. This I was the this first song. single that was released from oh, this album. I, just, mean, I can see why that was a lead single for sure. Yeah, just not. Just not your vibe. No. It's so funky though. Can you? <laughs> it is funky. Can you identify what's wrong with it? For you. And your taste. What hit your ears incorrectly? I don't know what hit my ears incorrectly. Like it, it, it reminded me of maybe club music a little bit in a way. Oh, wait, and wait. I can't stand that. Wait, 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 and, wait, wait. and and it was wait. a little bit. Wait. I just want to say that your lashes look amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. Small sight. Okay. Yes. Keep going. I wish this were a visual. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It hit me as club music, and then it's just not, I don't, it's not my vibe at all. Club and I, I can't stand. I can see, well, I can see what you mean with club music. Yeah. I mean, I was just like fucking saying that, like, uh, oh, the, up to the that, past yeah, couple yeah. records up until this point have been. Because I've listened to, like Calvin has said, I listened to a lot of that stuff while you were playing around the house or whatever, and I didn't love it because of that. Because it was like, it was like this. It's experimental. Not, it's overly Yeah, produced. exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this with this first one, it almost lost me because I was like, if this rest of the album is like this, this is going to be painful. She's for me. always like, she's she's always divisive for people. I think like you either really like her or, or you're just not into it. Yeah, so. I thought I think the stuff that she does is good. I just personally like wouldn't listen to it. Like, yeah, it's just not just, my just that song. I can't just have that. That's that kind of, that kind of music I'm not into. Yeah, like I yeah, can't yeah. have that playing in the background. I'm something that I want to sing to or listen to in the car. Anything That's like fair. it literally it irritates me. That's fair. <laughs> so, some of the melodies she comes up with are very like, um, 
I would say chromatic, but that's like a really music term. Um, but like they, they kind of wiggle their way around different things. Like they don't, they're not conventional melodies. No. So it's like, sometimes it's a little too weird. <laughs> and it was mostly, I feel like this one was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like this one was the most sort of electronic song yeah. on the album. Yeah, I'd agree. And that's, I also hate that. So that's my own personal. I suppose that's kind of good because then like you, you're appeased if you're a St. Vincent fan from like previous records, but then the rest of the album is not really like this one. So yeah. you get, you get like a new, you got it out of the way. It. Right. I got it. Like, yeah. Cause I almost didn't make it. She, she pulled you in and then she <laughs> fooled you. <laughs> okay. But the thing is about this song, it's like, it's not just electronic. It is chaotic. Yes, yes. it is. I like, also hate that. So, right. <laughs> and I feel like, 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 cause there's a lot of like beautiful pop music. There's like really polished, like other forms of, of, yeah. of electronic music. And mm-hmm. I don't think that you hate electronic music. No, I don't like, I think you hate the chaos of this. Yeah. Song. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's incredibly chaotic. Yeah. And like, and she's flaunting the flaws of her voice. Yeah. And the flaws of music in this piece, as well as it being, I, I heard nothing about, I didn't even hear her. I just heard yeah. all the effects, all the, yeah, her voice is behind like, it. So it's like, she's about, <laughs> I don't even care. But, I don't even but, know what happened. Okay, but think about the subject matter of the song too. Pay, pay your way in pain. I mean, it should feel grotesque, right? I assume so. But if you wanted me to listen to the rest of the album, if I didn't have to for this freaking podcast, I damn sure would not have. Isn't it crazy, like how much power the single can have on that? Because like it can, yeah. Because if I listened to it backwards, I would have loved the song. Like I would immediately be like, mm, yes, in yeah, it. Okay. But like that, starting with that song, I was like, damn, I don't know about this. <laughs> but that is sort of like leaning into the 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 story, quote unquote, of the record. Like yeah. the, the sort of like journey that she as a person is going through. Wait, wait, wait. What's the narrative? The, the well, I don't want to get into it now, but okay. there is a narrative. Okay, okay, okay. I feel okay. Um, and she really knows how to make things sound like fucked up. Like, and she really knows, like I, Tell you us. have the lyrics here. Yeah. Take Let them. Me just, She's uh, an excellent producer. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I took Phenomenal. her masterclass on masterclass. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, wait, how did you have time to do this masterclass? And then also make this awesome record without us knowing about it. Just dropping this record. Like, excuse me, I'm going to dye my hair. And then gonna, <laughs> is it dyed or is it a wig? It's probably a wig. It actually looks like a wig. Yeah, it better be a wig. I mean, it's just a lot of dye. I don't know. I, I like the little the makeup artist and the, 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 the costume designer. It's would probably know. a wig. I like all the I like the little the two little dark. They brown can afford streaks. actual yeah. good ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, this, they're cute. Yeah. Because that's her whole like gig. Like she's been she's been changing her hair and then her like entire persona. It's very David Bowie esque, like yeah. changing her identity yes. every album. And and I know that that's a, like a thing that she she I, I read an interview of her a commentary that that she like every three years she just loves to like change her like her shit yeah like, she loves to like rebrand and like have because she wants to be known by era which I fucking love that <laughs> I just love that she's like pre planning like like you know the way that her life is is chron- chronological like how it's like. Broken Chron- up into three-year bits. Chronicalized. Chronicalized. Whatever. Know, whatever. whatever. Like she's, she's 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 writing her own encyclopedia. <laughs> little periods. Yeah. Periods. Yeah. 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 And she's like, okay, every three years, I'm a new thing. 
and like that's well, something you, she decided. I think you're that pretty right about that because one of the uh, an article I read was talking about how um, she really has enjoyed performing this record, and she's kind of thinking that this is like what she wants to do for a little while is mm-hmm. kind of embracing playing with a band more and not so mm-hmm. much like having these backing tracks and stuff that she's been doing for a while. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like there's a give and take to both of them, right? But bands are expensive. I think for her, it's like um, she... I'm sorry. She did a master class and she released a record. I think <laughs> I she can afford a band. I know, I, that, cool I know, I know. But the, but but Mass Seduction was a solo record with her and her guitar. No, 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 not the record. The show. Yeah, right. The, it was her and her guitar and videos right. behind her. Right. And there wasn't even a pedal board on the stage. It was just the guitar. Everything was pre pre programmed or whatever. So it was basically you just like showed up and like listened to the record and watched her play along to the record. Yes. Hmm. With, That's why with, it was so divisive because of that. Because some people were like, "What the hell is this?" Right. And other people were super. The costumes into looked great, though. They were like thirty dollar, like. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Those boots were from Priscilla's. <laughs> Don't knock on the Priscilla's boots. Some bitches are expensive. <laughs> no, they were not expensive. They were cheap. Well, then they weren't from Priscilla's. <laughs> Uh, Those things start at ninety dollars. Like what? Thigh high, bright, uh, hot pink, hot pink boots. Oh man! Right? I need. No, she's an icon. Just hope you know that. The hair was. I just want to just talk about the hair again. The hair was. The hair was in a bob. It was like. It was slick. Yeah. It was. Mm, because usually, like her hair is like fucking crazy. Where, like, where well, you... it wasn't the album before, but it used to be right. Kind where of... did you see her? See, what do you mean? What, like what? Wh- where? Like, what live? show? Yeah, live. I have not seen the same. Oh, live. I saw I her thought live. You had. A crushing thing. The closest. I, think I saw her twice. The closest I got was <laughs> I, I saw. <laughs> Uh, I saw Flaming Lips and the Black Keys at the Sprint Center, which you were there. Right. Um, and, and I found let out. Let me just go ahead and say, Casey slept on the Flaming Lips. And it really was did. all about the Black Keys well, for some listen, reason. The Terror was not really like the best album that they've done in a while, in my opinion. But anyway, um, the uh, um, it was just really like really long drawn out stuff that like people who don't know who the Flaming Lips are like this is taking forever. Why is the song not starting? Anyway, Ben and I did fall asleep. (laughs) Um, but she, I found out that later that same tour that she replaced the flaming lips as their touring partner. So then was St. Vincent and the black keys. And I was so pissed about it because I'm pretty sure they like came back to Kansas city at a different date. And I didn't really feel like seeing the black keys again. No, I would have showed up for, for St. Vincent and then fucking left. (laughs) Do you remember what, what record that was? That was around the El Camino time period. It was like either right before or shortly after El Camino. Because it was like around 2012, 2013. Black Keys, El Camino. Yeah, I don't fucking know what that oh, is. Right, okay. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. going to say it's the self-titled album for St. Vincent. Oh, oh you're saying period. from her discography. Yeah. Oh. yeah, who cares about the Black Keys? Well, they, I, I didn't know. Yeah, truly, a lot of people. There are some Jack White diehards out here, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, Jack White is not from that band. <laughs> I'm that is White Stripes. Dan Auerbach. Oh, oh. White Stripes. Dan Auerbach and Patrick Thank something. You. Sorry, flipped those. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's important White Stripes, Black Keys. because Flip they have it. they have beef with each other. So Well, my bad. <laughs> well, who knows? Anyway, um <laughs> we haven't Peace got to the love, second y'all. track. Peace and wait, love. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I, I want to go back a little bit though. Okay. What? I just want to talk about how brilliant 
the 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 marketing for this record was oh like, yeah say your thing and then I no no you go you, no, you, no 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 you brought it up no you, say no, it. you take it okay so when this record was announced okay there was like this like little video um and then there was a hotline you could call you have it right there um and i absolutely called it i called it and it was saint vincent talking to you and she said hello hello and then there was an announcer saying that like it's coming out here's the date whatever and then it hung up on you I got a phone call like two weeks later and it was the hotline telling you that because you called the hotline, you can pre-order this record on vinyl, on CD, on cassette tape, and on 8-track. And like, I just, I was so tickled by it. I almost (laughs) fucking bought it, but I didn't. (laughs) I just bought it on iTunes. But... Yeah, I agree. The marketing for this record was absolutely great. Yeah. Well, and as you were pointing out earlier today, it seems that every platform that she has this on has something special or unique about. So Spotify has the enhanced yes. version that has the interludes in it. Mm. The Apple well, Music. The, the, the interludes are in the album, but like oh. she herself is in the album. Like she has a beginning where she's like, hey, um, welcome to daddy's home. Pour yourself a drink and uh, See, sit down I or whatever. I heard that. Um, is that on iTunes? It's on it's Spotify. supposed to be on Spotify. This is on Spotify. No, I, I, yeah. I haven't heard it on Spotify. They, they have the record, and then they have the enhanced album. Oh. So you have to look for that. Okay. As um, a heads up, I don't know. My phone, for some reason, would stop at the halfway point, but it wouldn't play the halfway point message. So I thought that the record ended after Melting oh. of the Sun. The first oh, no. time I listened yeah. through it. There's, There's a like halfway an, point message? Yeah, well, for the enhanced yeah, album on you must, Spotify. You must, we must have all listened to the... Um, the regular one, right. and not the enhanced one. Yeah, I thought yeah. I, I thought the interludes were the enhanced one. I, I hated the midway one. section uh, <gasps> little uh, announcement. By Brand, the way, Brandon's showing Calvin the what they do on Shut Apple Music, up. which it basically her image like changes. Oh. It's it's really cool. Did I push it? Yeah, you did. Okay. Okay, but here's the thing. Since when did they get gifts on there? <laughs> <laughs> on iTunes, if you can buy a record. Yeah, it's a trip. That's very cool. But they it, must does, have, they it must doesn't do that, that on Spotify. Spotify did, it's like fix their canvases, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on Spotify, you get like little clips of the of the music videos behind the songs. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, so still... Apple's Apple like, trying to step their pussy. Yeah. You, <laughs> you can't outdo us. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> good luck, Apple. Um, I love that. It looks so good. Yeah, it does. It, it, uh, well, I guess my only like critique... Andy Clark, if you're listening, is that it doesn't like show up when you have like the full album on yeah. when you're listening to it, but which it does on Spotify. <gasps> um, it's your whole phone. But listen, it's not her critique. It's a critique on fucking Apple. You heard that? Fucking Apple. Apple. Well, better take notes. That's a whole that's separate Spotify podcast on my episode. iPhone, though. <laughs> I do have an iPhone. Trying to get my around iPhone. that. <laughs> I just want to note um, a couple of things that. Okay, so I'm going to be pulling from the enhanced album. There's a lot of notes that come up on Spotify, so I'm just going to be like parroting all of that. And this is one of those things. In Pay Your Way in Pain, the beginning is played by uh, uh, Thomas Bartlett, who is known as Dove Man, apparently. Um, and she told him to play. She had the, the, the piano bit like chunked out already, and she told him to play it and to play it kind of laissez-faire, like whatever. Um, as if like you were at a beach swimming in the ocean and then a shark came up and ate you. And the shark coming up to eat you is 
the top of like the actual song. Like once that piano riff is done. That's exactly how it felt. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Mr. Bartlett. Well done. Well done. Um, uh, yeah. Should we move right along? Move, move, move. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, wait, wait. Do you mean to the next song? Yes. Wait, not yet. I wanted to talk about something. The, 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 the video is a four by three uh, aspect ratio. Yeah. So to, to play into like the, 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 the genre and the, the time period it's, that yeah. this uh, album is like to pay homage to and the video is like very like lo-fi and weird it reminds me of a queen music video that i can't think of the name of at this moment but like if you look at it like if if the camera is pointing at like the the ellipsoidal lights you can see like a little x or a little star yeah, yeah and like when the camera moves you see sort of like a little like oh, what am i trying to say you can see the trail of the image mm. sort of go by um yeah the video is cool that's all the video is cool um so we're moving along yeah Yeah, okay down and out downtown down and out downtown i have um no notes for this but um i was gonna say go ahead i well my little my little thing says fuzzy buzzy texture um There's some nice texture in this. But my other thing is, is again, I didn't go into this. I don't think I'd ever heard a St. Vincent song. And the first one was fine enough. But I hit this one. I was like, oh, I like a lot of what she does with her voice. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And this, this there's is, some really nice ones in this particular song. This, this is the, when the Linda Ronstadt hit me. I was like, mm, who does she sound like? That's what she sounds like. It's almost like the first track we're traveling back in time. Yeah. Right. And then here we're finally like this track. We're finally like we've arrived. Here we are. Now we're watching the story. Um, yeah. I mean, I felt like the um, the first track for me really drew upon um, like black exploitation movies in the 70s, mm-hmm. like the funk soundtracks that they had at that time. Um so that's what I, that was my first immediate reaction was like, oh, we're in the 70s. Like, while, you're, <laughs> while you're on that subject, actually, this entire album just reminded me of a movie soundtrack. Like, yeah. I could see every song in this being the background of some scene in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. yeah and like absolutely. specific scenes. Like, there's one, we'll get there, I'm sure, but yeah, specifically. Yeah. That's the whole, this whole album just reminded me of a movie soundtrack. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of really nice textures that she um, uses continuously throughout the record Mm -hmm. that are kind of established. Yeah. She introduces them here. I felt like this album is um, a great introduction to this. There's like this underlying current that kind of has like New York as like a character in it. And this, this is the first one that I feel like introduces that into it. It doesn't really directly address New York into it, but like just the sounds that are happening in it. It's Mm -hmm. very like, urban that pop. first line on on the morning train um wait is this it yeah last night's heels. oh there you go last night's heel not last night's heels on the morning train. which like that that in the first song she says that the mother saw my heels and said i wasn't welcome and then the second song begins with last night's heels which i thought was like amazing she's really like great the, at the, tying imagery the thing the thing that was the thing like the the purpose of my rejection or like the the impetus of my rejection from yesterday has become like the thing that I'm beginning this morning with, mm-hmm. you know, which I thought was like really amazing. Just like as a lyricist. So cool. Yeah. That's, that's like this song really introduces like 
the character of New York like in the background because it's really mm-hmm. not like forefront. I wouldn't say it's just kind of laced into the the lyricism and and the music too. Yeah. So. And, I, and that was definitely on purpose. I don't know how many articles you read, but she 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 tried her damnedest to um, have like New York City be specifically New York City between seventy one and seventy six yeah. to be like the the other character that's in this that's in this record. A lot of this record really reminded me of um, uh, Jimi Hendrix's uh, Electric Ladyland, which has. Um, all along the watchtower on it and mm. um uh, uh uh crosstown traffic and a couple of other, but he was writing that album in new york and it kind of had like the similar effect of you know new york being a part of the, the character yeah i also love the sitar in this song um this song just this well, song okay but all of them but we're just on this song right yeah 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 <laughs> um which apparently she played herself. What? <laughs> yeah, she did. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. That's, is she is she a sitar player, or was this kind of a thing that she like plugged down no, on a been, sitar? I've seen her with a with, with a sitar. Okay, because I guess my thing is is you mentioned it was a sitar, and it took me a really long time to fully register what part you were talking about, and I said. Oh, I didn't really want to get into it this early. I'll, I'll mention a piece of an article I read, but it was talking about how for this, she was really like trying to change her guitar tone mm-hmm. and she was tired of using the very like, like sharp synth sounding distortion that she's used on previous records. So for this one, she actually used the sitar as something to kind of like replace that distortion because it gives a little bit of the like twanginess of the sitar. Mm. And I think she actually (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite things I've learned about In doing this show is like the concept of music, Like musicians as technicians Yeah yeah. That's been fun to learn about like some of the stuff That like goes into like there was I forget the term that it was used but it's for The when we did the My Chemical Romance Episode you talked about The guitar yes yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. like pedals and effects, but specifically there was a word attached to it, and I learned that from you. And then oh. I, I don't know. I, I learned don't some other. What it is, but... It's okay. Don't worry. I can't remember the word either. But I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know we talked about I'm, it. Yeah, I know exactly. What yeah, you're talking. it was for like two songs. They, they yeah, came they up use with like a specific extra things to make the guitar. There's sound a specific a word that yeah, yeah. It, and they have it like weird like names huh. on them and stuff. And then yeah. And like St. Vincent, that, uh, she's a singer songwriter. She's a producer. Like that's, that's, that's yeah. her game. And so she's a guitarist. Yes. Like her, her, her she is a guitarist. Guitar. Yeah. Oh, like, well, I didn't know. She, she didn't actually get a degree. She okay, no, she, her, like, she, uh, John Mayer did. Yeah, right. You don't need college <laughs> kids. <laughs> but, but like jazz guitar was like her, her shit. My, mm. my nosing around mm. and the little bit of reading I did about her, I think I read like the word like virtuoso or virtuosic or whatever yeah. somewhere in there. And I said, okay. I, we got to keep moving through the songs, but I found like the best article about this whole thing. That's actually from like a guitar magazine, but it covers like her equipment that she uses, her ideas behind the album, all this stuff. So I'm going to use bits and pieces of that throughout this. And maybe you can share that on the, on the Instagram. Oh, look at that. I'm getting advice. No, but I do, I do want to, I feel like we, we got to go. We We need to move right along. Okay. The next song is the titular track. 
Daddy's home. Daddy! Daddy, he is home. Um, the first line is a true story. Um, do you have it here? Yep. The first line is, I signed autographs in the visitation room, waiting for you the last time, inmate 502. Is that her daddy? Yeah. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. That's, That's daddy. Yeah. And it's a true story. Like, like he went to prison in 2010, and um, she was being St. Vincent and was like enough of a name in the indie rock community that it somehow got into wherever her dad was incarcerated. And like, they, they literally asked for an autograph on a receipt paper and she said, okay, great. Yeah, here we go. What he do? Um, according to her, some white collar nonsense. He, he, he like, um, he money scammed like 43, like billion is the number oh, that dang, I read. Okay. Ooh, bye, daddy, bye. You go so away. To <laughs> a lot of money. It was in the billions. Yeah. It was a like bit. a stupid amount of money, but I was like, good Lord. Well, okay. here's, here's the some thing. gas in these it, hard times. <laughs> Just and, a super white collar crime, was, you know? Like, was it like oil, gas? I don't know. I, know I don't Texas. know the specifics. Uh, she's Oklahoma. from Oklahoma, what? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, her family's in Texas, and her dad was uh, prison, in prison in Texas. Uh-huh. Um, I can, yeah, like a she's from Yeah. One thing about this record that really like threw me off in a beautiful way was the background vocals. Yeah. <gasps> Because mm-hmm. I was like, how is this so delicious? Does this tie into Daddy's Home? Is that why you yes. bring them up? Yes. Okay. So I have, because the, the refrain, yes. sung by yeah. the background vocalists. And, like, and, and one thing that I did say, that I did see, was that like a lot of, like since I don't know, the 80s, most of the time background vocals were done by the lead singer and then just like done in the studio. And, and so that's true for her as well. Like all the records up yes, until this point yeah. have been done by, by herself. Yeah. And so, like, to hear, like, other voices, like, and, it's, and particularly, like, soulful, yeah. beautiful, what black women voices. It adds so much was, to like, it. Was, like, first, first I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I was like, yes. They are Lynn Fidmont. And Kenya Hathaway, and Kenya Hathaway is the daughter of Donnie Hathaway. Hathaway. Yeah. Oh wow. Um. So they are singing the backing vocals for this entire record. Sans one song. So that's Layla's sister. Yes, I would assume so. What? Layla's sister. She's the daughter of Donnie. Both of them. I didn't know that. This Kenya is the younger one. I think she was a baby when Donnie. The one that can sing three notes at once. That's Layla. Yeah, (laughs) she's the one who did. Yeah. 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 Snarky puppy video. <laughs> That's her. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. There's a lot of fucking talent on this record. And she, she was like, I'm not gonna be like Mariah and sing and sing my my thing every every time I sing. Like no, like it's super. She said it took her a long time to get that right. Yeah. Like she's been able to do it since she was a kid, but yeah. she did not know how to like do it on pitch yeah. just at will until she was a lot older. Insanity. Yeah. Also, should be on the Instagram. Just saying. I wonder if Kenya can do it. Oh yeah, for sure. Listen to this prodding over here. <laughs> Listen, uh, Donna Hathaway left us too soon, but he left us some gifts. Okay. Wait, but Thank hold you, on, ladies. So Jack Antonoff produced yeah. this record, and also apparently did some background vocals. I just want to say it. Oh, oh where? For what song in I particular? I don't know. You just have vocals. Okay, great. There's only two. Wow, terrific. Thanks, Jack. That dude. 
Mr. Antonoff. Yeah. Meddling and everything. I just want to say, um, for those of us who know, like the St. Vincent. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All these boys. <laughs> we are outnumbered. We are out. For those of us who know Damn. the St. Vincent discography, um, uh, Strange Mercy is when um, her dad went to prison. And it, that whole, not the whole record, but some of those songs are because of the, like, you know, dealing that explains with the so much about that album, particularly the um, track in Strange Mercy called Strange Mercy. Yeah, um, it's all about like it, it's all about uh, him being in prison. I mean, there the, the whole like if I ever catch the dirty policeman who roughed you up, I don't know what that's that that is all about him. And apparently she um, kind of wrote that record to protect her younger siblings, her, um, I think cousins were mentioned, but like kind of trying to like, not, not put the family's history on blast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah trying to like say it without really saying it. Yeah. So if like, if the record strange mercy is like her being like sad about it or being remorseful about it, daddy's home with him coming out of prison is being like very tongue in cheek about it. Like she, the, the, they're kind of over it and kind of dealing with it and kind of owning it. Um, so smart. She's brilliant. She's Annie. I love you. <laughs> Miss Clark. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It was stock manipulation. Also, it was million. I may have over-exaggerated. <laughs> still, 43 million still a big is still... Number. Still a really big number, unimaginable for stock manipulation. I think one of the notes that I wrote down about it was... Uh, it's a very white-collar crime, but he yeah. did get persecuted for it, which kind of doesn't happen. So I was like, he just must have scammed the wrong people. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was all. He just scammed the wrong people. Do you think, was it, was, I mean, do you know if it, was, if it was actually a policeman that, like, was, it, was that about him? I have no idea about that line. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe when he got arrested, but why would you? Why would you rough up just, like, a money person? Or maybe... Hmm. Maybe he resisted arrest, but he's white, so he lived through it. Wow. Now that's the tea. That is the tea. You can tell that again. Just saying. Say it again for the people in the back. He resisted arrest, but he's white, so he got through it. Wow. So, of course, they roughed him up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just. Yeah. And, just then, and of course, she's white, so she sees it as a tragedy. I don't know. At the time, probably. She probably, was, she was at the like, time. Wow, not our, maybe our now. Maybe ripped not apart. now, but yeah. like, you know, I, and I'm not blaming her for that. That's yeah. just you, your view on the situation. Of course, it is awful if the police rough up anybody that you know. Right. For us, right. it's a lucky thing that that's all that happened. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, ha- I don't know of any people of color that have stolen millions of dollars. <laughs> Because our ass wouldn't get away with it for so goddamn long. <laughs> Shit. That's right. I can't wait till that happens, actually. God. That's a oh, Lord. We get a knee on our necks for a $20 forged bill. Yeah. That's what we get. Well, that's what we Wouldn't even get close to $43 million. <laughs> anyway. I mean, not anyway. But. No, but yeah. That's. But. You're right. The reality of it. You're right. And again, no no shade at her, no shade, no shame on her or her dad, but 
that's just the reality of it. Yeah. I'm sure it was terrible for them. Mm-hmm. But he's and, alive, and, so. And some things are changing. Some things yeah. are not, but some things are changing. Right. And I cannot wait for the black billionaire. Steals a couple million dollars. <laughs> That's right. You got a present for embezzlement. Good for you. I need, I need Oprah to pull a uh, Martha Stewart. Yes. I need Oprah to pull a Martha Stewart and see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see that. Yes. Let's see how many years she gets in prison. She she gets a cooking show with Snoop Dogg. I, I will send some money for her for her canteen just to make sure she has everything she needs. <laughs> so the next jail. track. It's called commissary, actually. I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say. Thank you for telling me. Genie. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Genie. You're amazing. Sorry, we're not a civil rights movement. What? All right. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it's very topical because, I mean, she's, she's like framing this whole record around like the 70s. And that's, that's when it started and it's still fucking happening. Well, anyway. It has started before that. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Valid. Um, Mouthing of the Sun. What? The Mouthing of the Sun? No. No. Um, I'm on Live in the Dream. It is a good one and possibly my favorite one. Um, and she says that this album came from a, a thing that Bruce Springsteen we. what we. says. Um, he talks about how you can't... Um, artists who do live in the dream um, uh, uh, don't make it out on the other side. So you can't... You can't they, they get wrapped up in the delusion of like what they are rather than who they are inside. And, and um, because of that, they're, they're taken off to space land and a lot of people don't make it out the other side. Um, a lot of people don't come back from space land. And so this is like all about her ego telling her that like, you know, yeah, people are out to get you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Trying to get her to live in the stream, quote unquote. And I will say this is the only track that the background singers are not singing on for that purpose. Like oh, wow. it's just it's just her like five, layered five or six times singing to herself. This is the one that sounds like a vocoder kind of like like, like, like the harmony the whole time. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, um, amazing. I didn't notice that. Thank I have you. one note for this song. It yes. is only would like this if we're exponentially fucked up. <laughs> if if you were exponentially fucked up, yeah, this whole thing is a trip, and like this one especially. There is are a couple of these oh. that I'm like, man, if I I I need to be very high to be in this song, this or I'm was, not gonna um, make it. This was one I felt like um, one of the other things that she kind of has running underneath this whole album is um, g- glamour and stuff like that. Not necessarily like glam rock, you know, but yeah. like 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 that '70s Hollywood movie star kind of thing right Mm -hmm. and this was really one that i felt like embraced that like the the, just the etherealness of this whole like 70s new york that she's dreamed up yeah and also just paying reference to yes yeah i think as far as like story is concerned um pay your way in pain she's sort of like walking around new york city fucked up right and she spends her whole day fucked up down and out downtown she it's the next morning and she's kind of recovering from the night before in daddy's home she's visiting her father in prison kind of being reminded like like who she comes from where she comes from um and like this living the dream is um what am i trying to say she is like 
she knows where she comes from and she knows who she is like now. And there's this like dichotomy within her dissonance. D- uh, yeah. She's like, she's not, she's not at all like grounded in reality at this point. Um, so yeah, like she, it probably is best to listen to super fucked up <laughs> because that's where like this character, where she is at in, in like the story. So you're kind of talking about the narrative of the album and that's yeah. my hang up with it. Yeah. I hate it. You hate I it. I love <laughs> all of the musical stuff that happens. I hate the story. I think the whole thing's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's it's the you? thing that I have such an issue with. Like, I just, I don't. It was a really white collar crime. And like, yeah. he went to prison for 10 years. Yes. <sighs> it's a very white privileged version. It's a very white privileged well, version. Well, yeah, things, she talks about yeah. her dad getting roughed up by the police. And I'm like, <sighs> I mean, I guess like, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Like I, can I, I have a hang up with it. Can I ask with the, cause I'm still like the lyrics of this are, I don't know all of them as very well, but is it said in like a, like pitying kind of way that he's getting roughed up or just, he's, he got roughed up by the cops. Well, the, the, the it's, line I'm referencing where he's getting roughed up by the police, that is from three yeah, yeah. albums ago. That's yeah. from 2010. That's from right at the beginning. So she doesn't mention that in this record. Yeah. And most of it is kind of tug in cheek. Like, like really that this is what, you know, um, but I can also see your point. Like there's, there's no real need to like speak about it at this degree of fame. Or something. I mean, if your dad's gone for ten years, I don't want to like. That's a very no. That's a very long time for someone to go to prison for. Like it really is. (sighs) Could have been one song, not a whole album. Well, it's not even that I mind it being a whole album. I think it's just a like it gets complicated because the thing that she does is she's telling what is ultimately like a really personal story. She doesn't do a lot of. You know what the story is, but I feel like you get to the end of it and like. She herself hasn't really like. there. Yeah, she's playing her cards so close to her chest that like. You get certain details and then you don't get other no, details. I, I and kind that's, of. I that's kind where of, I get weighed down, but it, like it sets itself. Up, it does set itself up early in the album. Like. But did, did you know about that, about that situation before you listened to it? Cause I'm I'm just learning about it now, and it didn't it didn't I didn't think about that. I was just listening to, to the music. Now I'm trying to decide if I read about this album and like read that particular detail yeah. before I actually listened to it. Yeah, I don't remember the order that that happened for me. Well, I mean, it's all information I ingested within the last week. Yeah. I listened to the album yeah. and read that bit yeah. of the article. I can say that I somewhat agree with you, but I don't think in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she has this narrative that she's telling, but then she herself hasn't really changed by the end of it. Like there's Mm. no personal development. Like I didn't feel there was a resolution to this album. It was really, and maybe that's just what it is. There hasn't been a resolution for her for whatever she's dealing with, with this, but um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with you on a different level, I think so. I don't know. I've got Do other notes about it that I have more to get to later. But this is, I think, where it starts to hit me. 
This is where this is the song where it hits me because up to this point, like I'm like, yeah, I like all these songs, and then for some reason, and the thing is, is I love the sound of this song. I wrote mm, that it has yeah. a really nice Pink Floyd like sound oh, yeah. to it, and I got like really sucked into that. Oh, that no, was juicy next, for sorry. me. She mentions Dark Side of the Moon, mm-hmm. like in the no, next, it is in like, the next out track. Oh man, she. This is also the one that's got pretty killer guitar solo and yeah. yeah it's good yeah. no it's good i love it i love musically what is happening on this album it's just lyrically lyrically i really i like i hated listening to the songs and i like the quality of your voice like in that one song there's a few other songs where like she does stuff that i think sounds so cool vocally yeah i, I just don't like the lyrics oh, yeah on that i like didn't hear the words until way late in the album and then i was like oh Okay, but like, did not bump out at me as a lyrically strong situation. (laughs) To be fair, I will say that this things that she's doing with vocals is very inspired by psychedelic music and especially modern psychedelic music. You can't understand a damn thing that they're saying. I fully get that. I fully get that. So it's it's stylistic too. So like, that's part of the issue is that she's trying to make sure that style comes across still. When when I listened to this um, song, um, as I was like going through the whole album together, the note that I wrote was, I can't live in Virginia, but Virginia lives in me, because I was so hardcore related to, to the idea of like being a part of like a story or like a situation that you don't ever want to touch again. But yeah, it's so a part of your DNA that you can't avoid it either. Mm. And and I, I misheard her the first time, and I love mishearing lyrics. It's like because you have like this like 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 forty and kind of like you hear what you want. And so like the first time she said it, like the dream lives in me. I heard Virginia lives in Virginia lives in me, and that's where my family's from. And like I feel like like personally like I'm not a part of them necessarily because I've been here my whole life. And so, like, so the the idea for her, and, and I read the commentary after the fact, and it was like, you know, thinking about Hollywood or like fame or whatever, and how like when you get so famous, when the the Bruce Springsteen thing, like you said, mm-hmm. Brandon, um, like like you can lose yourself in it, and you can lose yourself in your culture, you can lose yourself in your in your upbringing, you can lose yourself in whatever job you're in, you can lose yourself in your in whatever identity that you put on. Um, and and so like and so to to embody more of your like the the full gamut of who you are as opposed to just like one specific detail or where you come from or whatever i think that's like the 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 moral of this song you know and and it really did speak to me i think that's really all that can be said about it so perhaps we should move on to death okay fine Um, the melting of the sun um which was the second single released from this album um and i this is not my favorite song but it absolutely gets stuck in my head the most um i I absolutely love this song (laughs) it's a gorgeous song actually it's Um, i think my favorite one maybe it's so compelling for me like it's did anyone see it on snl Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. And okay. And the fact that she is, as if we're talking about SNL and the fact that she's singing this song and she's sitting down and singing it's really, so badass. it's yeah. really powerful. Like it really leads into the whole, like it, into the whole daddy narrative. The fact that she is, she is not fucking worrying about her father being a provider. She is now the provider for herself. And, um, 
yeah, she really toys with that masculine and feminine energy and her sitting down and singing the song and even playing that guitar solo um, is really speaks to that, really leans into that. Does anyone have an opinion about... Did you see it? No. you see it? Does it... Okay, let me just explain what happens. So she sings most of the song sitting in a, like in a black leather armchair with fur galore all around her. She's wearing heels and her her golden bob with a couple brown streaks near her ears. And and she is reclined three quarters of the way through the song, like the whole the whole three quarters. Mm-hmm. At the fourth quarter, the final quarter, the final countdown, she stands up. Her guitarist who's playing with her, her background, moves her, her mic stand away from her mouth. She stands up and she plays a solo. And her three beautiful, gorgeous goddess of, goddesses of, of, of black deliciousness are singing b- background for her. And they're singing the whole time. And, yeah. they're, and, and, they, and they were singing early on the song as well. And they're like lean forward, like on their, on their, on their, um, like on their elbows. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and like doing kind of like this amazing, like very nonchalant choreography. Um, and then they stand with her as she stands for that final quarter, and then they carry the song to the end, and the, and the, the song ends with them kind of like leaning and embracing each other, and I feel like it like there was like so many layers yeah. to witnessing this on SNL, as like as as like kind of like an American platform, if not farther than that, about the last year, and and to say like I'm handing the mic to these people who I love and respect. Like it really spoke that to me, and 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 maybe even this album is a little bit of an instrument of that. Even though the the story itself, the the narrative might be a little bit fucking weird, but like I just feel like, like in that moment when I saw that, and one of them is like has this beautiful afro, and the other one has her hair wrapped, and like I was just like, yes, Annie, like you better like, like. Because they are not performing for us. Like we have to go to them to hear the song. Yeah. Like they they are they are demanding you to like lean in to come yeah. to to come All to them. Four of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was the best part she, of that show. But, but I don't remember I who the host was. I have never was ever in my entire life seen a, a performer sitting oh, in ever ever sitting in an armchair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> playing guitar and singing with the mic like in her face like you can barely see her face throughout the song because the mic is just, like in her face like I, I have never like this is so like counterculture counterintuitive like you know most people are like Dua Lipa like waving her hips around and stuff like that <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Dua Lipa <laughs> because she sang with Dua Lipa well I guess she played guitar she might have she might have sang too um, Dua Lipa and St. Vincent had a Duet at the Grammys a couple of years ago. Right, it's right. very lesbianic. Um, is Dua Lipa lesbian? I have no idea. Okay, but it was very queer, and the world was here well, for it. And Saint Vincent was like, "Are you okay? Great, that's great. That's <laughs> not my intention, but I love it." <laughs> well, um, again, I don't want to linger on, too long on this, but I do because she talks about some women. She talks about some babes. She talks about Jane Mansfield, Joni Mitchell, Marilyn Monroe, Tony, uh, 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 Tori Amos. And Nina Simone. Incredible. A list of babes, a list of uh, ladies who um, were kind of like used and abused by the industry that they were in, um, but still were holding strong, like still like were true to themselves. And that's what this whole song is. It's it's her like 
paying tribute, paying thanks, saying thank you for like laying out this pathway for me and people like me. And I hope I can do the same for, uh, you know, the, the next generation. Um, Incredible. Yeah. I also really want to talk about that. Do you have something to say or are you moving I on? do, but honestly what I have to say, I can say at pretty much any point in this album. Okay. So I would rather keep the train moving. Well, I'm going to say the lyric in this song in the melting of the sun, she talks about it's at the very end. You know, she lists all these ladies and what they did. And she says, me, I never cried to tell the truth. I lied. Mm. That lyric really like it hits me like a ton of bricks because, because it has such a dual meaning. Uh, like she's confessing to you she's been lying but she's also saying that in order for her to like convey her truth she put on this and in order for her to tell you the Annie Clark story she puts on this layer of St. Vincent to tell you that story Mm. Um, which like leads you back to sorry leads you back to St. Vincent or leads you back to uh, Strange Mercy um, and that, that whole thing just sort of ties itself together. Um, and that's what I have to say about that. And then what's what? The first interlude, right? Humming yeah. interlude number one. Yes. Um, and the lyrics are listening through the kitchen, my mother fixing something. Oh, my mother fixing something missing. And all the while she was humming. See, I think these interludes, um, she talks about in this article that I have, how for her up until this point, everything that she plays is very much like, it's like classical music. It's like planned out, written precisely for a certain moment. She doesn't like the whole like jam band approach Mm -hmm. of writing music, but she kind of took that in a little bit more because she was reaching into 70s music, which is kind of like the origin of jam jam bands. and so I feel like these interludes kind of were born out of some like experimentation that she was doing in the studio or even at home. Um, and it's kind of, it's just interesting to hear these little improvised and I don't know if they're improvised entirely or not, but they, they, they kind of have that nature to them. They feel like organic, like, yeah, like they feel like this was captured by chance kind yeah. of a thing. I had a thought. And it was, and it was, is she equating her mother to these women. Oh, okay. That's not where I thought you were going to go. Where were you going to go? Well, I was, um, you know, she, she, daddy is mentioned in almost literally every song. Um, and we all like, as a culture, unfortunately know that, that like the, the, the dad is supposed to be like the breadwinner of the house, but really who's running the house? It's mom. She's fixing something in the kitchen for everybody to eat so they can survive to the next day. So I, I I, I kind of feel like she's like bringing those both in, um, you know, like very outwardly saying like daddy, 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 daddy. But like, you know, meanwhile, meanwhile, this is all happening. Yeah. And it like, it sort of sounds, but, but it's not, not, I mean like with Tori and Joni and, and Nina and like, 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 D- yeah. Like it's saying like, like this is what the women were doing. You yeah. Know? Yes. No. Yeah. That's what, that's kind of like to have this here. Immediately after melting of the sun. I also just want to go ahead and say, just to her explaining melting of the sun, she talks about the sun as this like permanent object in the sky. Um, And these, these women as, uh, uh, as well as many other people um, have 
worked so hard to move the sun, to move these permanent objects, to break the glass ceiling, um, to make to make a spot for themselves, and that's what the whole melting of the sun is supposed to be. Like it's 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 that it's it's a change. It's a big change. Anyway, that's amazing. I just remember. I think I read something along along, along the lines of just how earth shattering it would be if the sun were to melt. Yeah. I was like, God, that would like break your brain. Break your whole being. And the world. Yeah. Hmm. I also want to go ahead and say this music video is worth a watch too because it's like, it's St. Vincent as the sun and her like makeup's all washed out. But like you can see like her eyelids and her eyes and her nose and her lips and she, she's the sun and she's like, (laughs) it's like, it's like the, the, the sun in Teletubbies. Oh my God. Of the baby. <laughs> oh no. Hold on. Hold on. Oh no. That's adorable. It's so cute though. That's adorable. Also, you can talk about the Teletubbies. Someone was talking about the Teletubbies today. Yeah. So it's weird that I've encountered this Thank again you, twice today. Yeah, well, what were they saying about the Teletubbies? They were. <laughs> I was at work and one of my coworkers was like, hey, who's your favorite Teletubbies? <laughs> 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 They had to stand back there and try to remember their names. They were like, there's Poe and Tiki Winky. And, and then Lala, like, yeah, and Tink, yeah. And Lala was the one that they oh could remember. Lala, of course. Um, I listened to the whole question, conversation. Vaguely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see all the features, but it's kind of the same. Sun Baby kind of looks like St. Vincent in this movie. Oh, no. All right, number oh, seven. No. We move, we're moving right along to uh, The Laughing Man. <laughs> oh, man. This is a weird. This is a weird song. It is a weird song. This is probably like the weirdest one for me on this album. What's your emergency? I see. How can I help you? That's my favorite part. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. It's just a weird one. Um, It's it's probably my least favorite one, but simply just because it's like. The it's gays so have odd. something against you right now. The gays disagree. Um, was that us? Yes, it was. It was the the, the two gay people in the room. Wow. Two thirds wow. of the gays disagree with you. The two thirds. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I was just. Was that say, it? I, that's basically it. Yeah, like I. It's probably my least favorite one, but it's. I guess I just didn't really get it. Like I, I, and again, like the lyrics, I still haven't really like dug that deep into oh, the oh, lyrics. I have, I have a thing. This is verified well, commentary via Twitter from Saint Vincent. This song is an homage to a childhood friend who passed. He was just such a funny dude. This is also a thank you song. A thank you to him for all the humor, kindness, and good music he brought to life. If life's a joke, then I'm dying laughing. And um. She talks about in the enhanced album on Spotify. Which I have that, not heard um, yet. Well, it says essentially the same thing. She went to this this childhood friend's funeral and she was struck by the fact that that's all that they would say about him is that he was so funny, he was so happy, he was always making jokes, he was always smiling, that kind of thing. So he, they, they you know, she, she. Wait, but he, he committed suicide. Did he? I don't, I don't know. That's the question. Oh, see, I don't know. I don't know because about all that. Su- 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 the, the Suicidal ver- ideation. Yeah, yeah, in the verse two. So it seems like he 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 went too soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I like this song a lot. I think it's maybe one of, maybe not the favorite, but one of my favorites. But we can move right along. <laughs> Number eight. To Down. So. The third single. Down. Not 
necessarily that it's got anything special guitar wise in it, but I did want to talk about this article that I found specifically talking about her choices with the different sounds that she uses on this album. Right. So, um, first of all, there's like three big things. First of all, you guys probably don't know any of this cause you're not guitar players, but she had a guitar made with, with, um, um, Ernie ball as a company, right? This guitar was sold out before it ever got to the stores. Um, and Jack white played one in some like big show that he did. And it was like a huge thing. And everybody wanted to play this fucking guitar. Right. Was it pretty? It's very odd looking. <laughs> it's an odd looking guitar, but I've heard nothing but like rave reviews about this, how great this guitar is. But anyway, so for this album, they actually took like the same design, but replaced a lot of the electronics inside of it to make it more like a seventies electric guitar would be. And, um, so it, she's released this guitar now as well. And it's called Goldie. It's a gold guitar. It, it's pretty cool looking, but that's the name of my longboard. <laughs> um, but the other two big things were, um, she did not own a wah pedal before this album. And so, um, wah, wah pedal. So this is in, in like funk music and stuff like that, where you hear a guitar, like, like that kind of sound. Right. Um, so she didn't own one before this record. And then she, uh, got one for this and it's like all over this record. Like it's like almost every single song has wah in it of some kind. And she talks about how it, this also lent to like trying to create a different kind of distorted guitar sound than what she's been doing. Yeah, not just fuzz. Right. Right. So that's why you get like all of this very like Jimi Hendrix heavy vibes. Was Jimi Hendrix a waka waka guy? Uh, yes. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> It, it wasn't Have you it, so, heard the national anthem, the, the the Star Spangled Banner, his waka, version? Waka, 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 he waka, does. Waka, waka. He's not using it in that one. Oh. Waka waka in that. The the no the the wah pedal was not invented until the seventies, and he was one of the like first pioneers of using it. Right. Wow. Everything in that performance is his whammy bar on his guitar. He's like detuning it, and like it's. We're not going to talk about Jimi Hendrix. That's, that's a whole separate episode. But no. Um, but that's like there's such a really heavy Jimi Hendrix sound to this record. That should come up later, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. But the other thing was that I don't know sitar. Shit about Jimi Hendrix, except he's cute. <laughs> that sit. <laughs> <laughs> the the sitar is the I other. I never heard nobody actually say that out loud. <laughs> and he was left-handed, but played a righty. You know, I mean, I know, I know a little bit, but not enough. Yeah. Again, separate conversation. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but the the sitar is the other like big sound on this album. So like those three things is kind of like what she was really digging into to get the seventies vibe out of it. So um, I don't know. It's just really interesting because Saint Vincent has always been a master of texture, like creating all these different sounds that like really shouldn't go together, but they like somehow just smashed together into like a cool sound you know and to hear like how much she has changed that texture for this album and it's like so much more like flowy and lucid than what the more like rigorous like almost electronica stuff that she's done i don't know and i'm not just as a guitar guy just like someone who appreciates someone who can change their sound drastically like i fucking love this album it's so good 
Mm. I want to also mention the music video about this uh, song. I have. The video is dot, dot, dot. So good. I wanted to know if she was a spy. It was. It gave off very espionage vibes. Super espy. <laughs> I love the, the particularly in particular I love the scene where 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 she pushes the camera down the stairs and like it sort of spirals it, yeah and like when it comes back up to see her you just see her just standing at the top and, and she, she has no remorse away. in her face yeah no she's just watching not a you single blade of remorse in her face she's like bye bitch which speaks to the narrative of this album. I'm so sorry to bring it back to this. She is um, kind of like, um, she's saying, okay, you person, um, you are not going to be my provider. I'm going to be a provider for myself. Um, so I don't need you. So I'm going to take you down because you've abused me. You've used me, which is why she like, she references strange mercy again in the, the cruel line. Where is it? Do you have it? Yeah. Yeah, she references that song, um, or it seems like she's referencing that song. I'm not gonna put words in her mouth. I think I think she's too cunning to 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 not have used that word. Like, she's also been proven to be a self-referential artist with yeah. all the Johnny storylines and all that stuff. Yeah, but Johnny comes up in this again. He do. He's here. He's back. Where he at? It's not that. Um. <laughs> Number nine, humming. Interlude number two. Um, there's some instruments. It sounds great. Mm-hmm. Number ten, somebody like me. <laughs> <laughs> now, somebody like me. Uh, I. This is another favorite of mine, um, mostly because it's. Um, it reminds me of uh, uh, one of Leanne LeHavis' song, or Leanne LeHavis, since I apparently said Leanne her name Havis. wrong that entire episode that we did. But um, we're Americans; it's what happens sometimes. She yeah. this like like kind of like quick, fast, like picking, like almost harp like guitar sound that she gets in this one. It's just it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful song. I really like this one. What did you think, Melissa? It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Have we have we hit any of like the ones that you really liked on this one? Did you have? I had one. We're not there yet. Okay, we're not there yet. <laughs> okay. I have to say that in my notes I wrote this is the least remarkable song for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But ugh, I do love a steel guitar. Mm. Okay, I really love this song, but mostly because everything reminds me of church, and in a, in a bad way. Um, and I feel like she is like in this song really calling out. Like, I mean, there's a lot of Christian things like like the angel, top of the building, which is a steeple to me. And uh, like the... the Put your hand down. Put your hand down. No. (laughs) Dress up in white. Slip on a ring. Straight down the the aisle. Where's an aisle? She's not in the grocery store. Violin violin strings. Like, so like really calling out this idea of like, of like being holy or like better than, right? And so she's like, I guess we'll see who's the freak. Like me or you fucking you. In the enhanced album on Spotify. Oh God! Does she do everything opposite of what I just said? No, not opposite. Um, but hold on, before you say that, I just want to say that in the word "aisle," I love the vocal fry. Continue. <laughs> she talks about how being in love is this like mutually agreed upon delusion, 
both people in it are like, yes, we could believe in other things, but we're choosing to believe in us. Hate it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Absolutely not what I thought either of you was going to say, but anyway. Um, and she says that um, if if somebody decides I'm an angel, I'm going to paint myself in white, I'm going to get the outfit, I'm going to stand on top of the building, and I'm going to jump because I'm an angel, I can fly. If they're in love, if they believe in that delusion, they believe they're going to fly. Mm. And people are going to stand around, and some people are going to be like, wow, they're going to um, absolutely land on the pavement teeth first and some mm. people are going to say wow it's beautiful but ultimately it doesn't matter because if they are in love they will fly they will survive they will float away i don't know about all that all right wow. <laughs> so uh, the next song is my baby wants a baby now here's the one i want to talk about okay all right <laughs> here we let me tell you why. Take it away. Take it away. I really, li- I really, really like the song. It's probably my favorite one on the album. However, it started out with pure anger. Up. Pure, unadulterated anger. <laughs> okay, let me like tell you. Like you were angry? I was or? mad as hell. Okay. Because the melody is Morning Train by Sheena Easton. Yes. Right? Yes, it is. I got Who mad about it. What? <laughs> Don't want me. I don't know anything. Hold on, girl. Hold on. <laughs> Who is that? Not My the time. baby not takes the morning train. She comes. You never heard that song before? Yeah, yeah, but I never heard the name before. Great. Okay, that's fine. However, the melody's literally spot on in a different key, and uh-huh. I was pissed about it till I looked it up and found out that a lot of this album was a tribute to all these women right. yes. who have been. Yeah. So then I got unpissed. <laughs> Which, which, I, I just Because want... I was going to go, if this is going un-the-fuck-noticed, I will bring it up. I will be on every forum possible. <laughs> Listen, well, bitch. Because it was too on-spot. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I'm all for, like, so, let's, let's, you know, tribute I mean, something or whatever, but, like, this was on point I, in a different game. I just have a thought. Because we live in a time that is very divisive around the conversations around cultural appropriation or not even cultural, but appropriation and appreciation. And I feel like this is like that, what, what the shift that happened when you realized or when you would, when you were able to to do the research, like was you being able to call if this was appreciation or appropriation. Right. It was, it was, I just, I love that that shifted for you. That's amazing. And and, and that's the only reason that it did because I, I have, I am, I am, I have strong feelings, no, strong, you, strong re- feelings about really you should about hearing samples that he, that sound exactly like yeah. what they were supposed like the the original. Like yeah. that drives me nuts. You're not creative enough to make this work. <laughs> like why did you fucking pick the goddamn sample if you can't make it work for right. your damn song and make right. it sound like something new? Don't put this on the radio. No, ma'am. <laughs> That's a Michael Jackson hook. Don't play me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, for sure. Don't shit feel like that. Don't it just feel makes it. me so mad. Exactly. So that's why I was angry. And then no. I looked at, then I reread more about it. And then I was like, so yeah, good. It's on okay, purpose. this but, is a tribute. That right. makes way more sense to but, me. But the difference between a tribute and stealing is reading the article. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I read into it and we got all the references to Jane Mansfield, which I'm a weird nerd about. Jane's Mansfield for no reason. Who's that? She was an actress. Like okay. she was kind of like the Marilyn Monroe before Marilyn Monroe, but yeah. she got into she kind of got into some cra- crappy studio issues and ended up dying in a massive uh, car wreck. Oh, yeah. Her her daughter weird. is Mariska Hardake from uh, uh, Law and Order SVU. Okay, I know the show 
The woman. Barely. The woman on it is is Jane Mansfield's daughter. I can daughter. almost guarantee if you saw her, you would. You would know okay. who she is. Okay, great. But, but on the back, just fun fact for everybody, on the back of semi-trucks now, there's a big bar at the bottom of it called the Mansfield Bar. Wow. To keep people from being decapitated <gasps> from going well, under the truck. Yes, That's exactly yes, what happened she to was. she and her boyfriend. She was beautiful. And her two yep. kids were in the back seat, completely unharmed, but she and her boyfriend the were decapitated. The irony is not lost Probably sure they were, but they went right under the truck. That's where the Mansfield Bar came from. So, oh. fun fact. My God. Jane lost it. She crashed her Corvette, ran into the tide of the, in, okay. in Malibu. Okay, you know, but it was, but maybe it's just because it Corvettes were Malibu. too low it to the like ground. It happened like in Alabama or something like that, though. You know, <laughs> after... It was like in the middle of the night, and they were fucking wasted, and it was not a cute story. After My having point this, is, is that... <laughs> Corvettes are too low to the ground. Okay. That's, it wasn't a Corvette either, because it was a four-door car. After having this conversation about how Calvin doesn't know who anyone is... Anyone. Uh, <laughs> Calvin... Yeah. There's a show called uh, Under a Rock with Tig Notaro. <laughs> Tig Notaro. Oh, that, that, oh, you'd love it. It's, it's a comedian who does not know who any celebrity is. She has the celebrity come on her show and she tries to figure out who they are <laughs> based on context. I calls. want to do this show. <laughs> anyway, I just, fit. this is for you. This yeah. is for you. It would never, never <laughs> work. So, What's so, up, so, Baby, baby. baby. So, did you hate this song? Wait, you, you no, love this, this is song. her. I did. It grew on me. Yeah. Okay, so after, after I stopped hating it. The melody <laughs> is catchy. It's like the only bop. It's the, the only one I was like, it's a bop. Like I thought the arrangement <laughs> was really good. I what would my I, baby I it say? I got your eyes and your mistakes. I actually liked the fact that the melody was right on point for the Sheena Easton song, and then the bridge wasn't like, mm. and then like everything else wasn't. So it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just. Just a reference. Yeah, it it worked out. It was just the one I liked the most on the damn album. This is also one of my favorites, um, just because (laughs) I love the content, and also the background singers are fucking killing it. Background singers kill the whole album. Yeah, the whole album. Truly, Um, but they they really shine in this one, in my opinion. But love her. I was just confused by the whole thing. Mm -hmm. She she. this whole thing is talking about like legacy. What's her legacy? And she never realized that like a legacy could be one of her children. Go ahead. This is one of the songs that I think I was able to appreciate the songwriting that happened on it more. Like while I struggled with some of the other ones, when you get to this one, it starts to die. Mm. There's still a few more songs left. They're interesting too. But (laughs) I think, I think some of the, the lyric writing in this like starts to connect more of the bigger pieces and helps it make a little bit more sense. Yes. I really, really like this song and I feel like a lot of homosexuals can uh, can really relate to what she's saying uh, or bisexuals or people who cho- who are heterosexual and choose not to have children but the idea of like like can't I just like, have fun and like do what I want do your thing write your <laughs> symphony like, whatever like, is, is that is that can that be enough for is, my life is it do I have to have a kid? Is that the only thing that makes me valuable? Exactly. CFL. And so, and I and I can imagine at every, you know, family reunion or a high, you know, high school reunion, college, whatever. Like anytime that you see people from the past who are asking, "How are you building your legacy?" and the and the and, and, and the inference is like, "Where are your children?" And she's like, "I don't, I don't want kids." I, I love just, this last like bit, like just really... in the way it's building, like because I won't have no symphonies, won't have no streets named after me. Won't even have your sympathy. No one will scream uh, the song I made. Won't throw no roses at my grave. By the way, bodega roses come up again and again in this album. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll just look at me and say, where's your baby? Where's your kid? That's all we're worth. 
See, this is, I felt, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we're just walking wombs. That's what we are in this country. We're walking wombs that don't have any control over the walking womb itself. That is true. But, and, sorry, not but, but, and I will also add that that, that to to gay men, that that's also a question that's asked of them. It's like, what are you passing on? Like, who's going to take over the things that you're supposed As to be As if you can't have a legacy without having children. Exactly. Well, so, and, and, and women have that to such a deeper and much more severe degree. But I, I, I would also say that to a smaller degree that, that men who are gay also have that experience. I, um, I felt like this song was really the one that the album is actually about. Because I don't think it's about her dad. I no. think it's... I think it's about her settling into being herself after all this time of pretending to be other people, which she's clearly done in her career because she's played all these different characters in being St. Vincent. So like this one for me, we really like hit at home more than the actual like daddy's home song, you yeah. know? Um, What's next? And the holiday party sung by Joni Mitchell. Oh no, wait, it's still Saint Vincent. It's definitely Joni Mitchell. <laughs> yes, it's Joni Mitchell. It's just Joni, Joni Mitchell, Mitchell or Carly Simon or <laughs> um, She couldn't do seventies music without having fucking Joni Mitchell in there, you know? No, she could not. Not as a woman, especially. <laughs> I also wrote this sounds. This also sounds like "Marry Me." Like this could. This oh, sounds yeah. like it could come from the first album. Um, but I don't know. Have you listened to the first album? Of course I have. Oh, of course. Okay. You have? Yes. Okay, great. I've listened to the whole discography. Great. Okay. Yeah. This sounds like a come from the first album. Nerd. Anyway, (laughs) Jeannie. Jeannie and I could have taken this episode off. (laughs) We value your opinions. We want to hear why you think it's shitty. No, 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 no. See, I'm at a point where I feel like I'm like, maybe I need to go listen to her other stuff. Like, you guys are kind of convincing me that no. there are enough things that tie Genu- back that are worth knowing the basis of. Good. Genuinely, I might appreciate this album a bit more than I do. If the lyrics are the only thing you don't really like, then yeah. Any other album, like, she does not really get into. And I don't, she doesn't it's really like have. This is a sequel. She doesn't even really have self pity on this album, but like, it's not focused on this, like, very unique problem that she has, you know. Yeah. Like imagine, so. imagine starting Harry Potter at book five. Well, the, I think the note that I yeah. have, I guess I haven't gotten to it, but I think uh, the thing is, is like she is kind of the note that I specifically had is that she's kind of trapped in this celebrity life that's ultimately actually very boring, I th- and has been very boring for her. And I think she's just like, uh, that's yeah, this is it. This song I think is that's all about that yes. Too. I think that's yeah. genuinely why this guitar article is like the best one that I found because I think that she was especially because they talk about at the beginning of this interview it's just a written interview but they talk about how she like goes to grab a blanket to like make herself comfortable while she's having this interview (laughs) it's just very like it seems like she's very much in her element and she's talking about like all the nerdy music shit like not any of the conceptual ideas she's talking about all these cool toys that she got to play with on this album you know I have a note that says yes horns (laughs) Love the horns in the song. They sound real. I it's think only they're real. Save the song. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
I'm sorry, I got lost for the rest of the album. Really? The, uh, the yeah. tail end, I also kind of trailed okay. off, to like, be honest. Pretty much after Maybe but, Baby, I was out. Okay, but so the idea of like seeing somebody who is at this party with you, who has lost their will to live, essentially. I mean, maybe not essentially, but like, like they, they. I mean, like having a pharmacy in your purse. Like I thought that that was such an amazing, like. Image. Because she's been there. Because she's been there. Last, okay, in the last it record. It sounds like you're sitting at your family holiday party and everyone's Seriously. still hounding you. Like, what are you doing in your career? Like Do you have a man? Friends. Yeah. She talks about Have it. you quit drinking? Are you ready to settle down yet? <laughs> Has that happened to you? No. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> in Mass Seduction, there is a song called. It's unspoken. Pills. Um, and I think she mentions that like a pharmacy in your purse because she can see that person from across the room at that party, like dying on the inside, but like trying to save face because she's been there. She knows it, which is why she says, you can't hide from me. She's I like, can see your shit I've and it's there. okay. You don't have to, you don't have to like hold this, this persona that you're trying to like keep up. You can be whoever the fuck you want to be around me. Like it's it's okay. And that coming after a baby wants a baby, my baby, my baby wants a baby. Yeah, being like like I want to make a legacy of just being myself, and like and so anybody who, who else who also like is just living their life and like kind of running away from all the responsibilities in a way, or what like should be the responsibilities. I don't know. I feel a lot of like bridges of empathy for artists, mm-hmm. kind of like yeah building up in this in in both of these songs. I feel like she expresses that a few times in her career, empathy for artists and kind of just the lifestyle of being sucked dry of all your creativity. <laughs> Does anybody know who Candy Darling is? No, but I see you have notes and this I have two. was the one at the end that I was like very into. <laughs> Candy Darling, well there she is. Is that her? That's her. Yeah. yeah. There it is. Candy Darling. Candy Darling was a frequent um, star of uh, in Andy Warhol movies. One movie was called Flesh. Flesh. Yes, and she is a transgender icon, and that is the extent I know of uh, Candy Darling. She was. I mean, she's like mentioned in like. I, Lou Reed songs. Oh, she's sort of like that's a where she's I've heard an it underground. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She like, yeah, she's like, yeah. That's why I've heard it before. Very. Is she? Uh, she's a fairly well notable figure, I think, for like who she is. Specifically because of the tie to Andy Warhol, or does she have her own like claim to fame? No, I just I kind of think like. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, uh. My guess would be because she knows, like, because of her tie to Andy Warhol, she, had, she has like her own thing. Yeah, it says um, that she also was in Woman in Revolt. Oh, um, and that she was the major inspiration for the aesthetics and like, and and, and Saint Vincent's alter ego in this record. Oh, so, that so makes like, sense. Of, yeah, so this is like 1968 to 1971. A lot of the visuals. I mean, if we went back in the one, watch these Warhol films, we'd probably see similar um, cinematography and like like just aesthetics from from yeah. from those for the, the videos. I'm so glad that you bring this up because I felt like the SNL performance. She is still like dressed as a woman, but she had such masculine energy in front of that band and like. A- Especially for that pay your way. Yes. Yeah. I just, it was just like enthralling because it was just so like, 
she she was it was so masculine. It was very masculine. She I liked was it. a daddy. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Daddy. Daddy's just a mindset. Yeah. Well, and even even when they did Melting of the Sun, like that sitting in the chair was just so like it's just power. Like she's just holding she you in the palm of her hand. Huh? Was she manspreading? <laughs> no, she had her leg crossed. Okay. In pay her way in pain, she had a whole stance. Like her legs were spread and she was doing this move and I, I haven't seen that yet. The pantsuit that she's wearing oh, is yeah. delicious. I'm just gonna go ahead and say. <laughs> well, and then the the background singers are such a big part of the performance too because they've got their own choreography and yeah and and there's this whole like back and forth uh, between her and the background it's just like watching a 70s band playing in modern times it not totally dissimilar to silk sonic but like in a totally different like 70s rock band vibe versus like 70s like soul and r&b type stuff yeah just cool yeah you ready to move on uh sure we're on to the third interlude humming again I'm just going to go ahead and read the lyrics, the ones that I caught. Here, here, here. Read this one. Oh. In the park, he didn't show up is the beginning, and I didn't catch that. But I caught, um, you take the high notes, I'll take the chorus. And then what? And all my ghosts will keep haunting you. Oh, that's not what I caught. Is it, Did you look this up? Yes. Dear. Oh, okay. Um. I heard, um, apparently, my girls will keep humming, mm. which I thought was just like part of the thing. But that also makes sense. And all my ghosts will keep haunting you. Mm. Um, and that's it. That's the end of the album. So the only last point I want to make on this, and it, it might be I'm the only one that gets it because I don't know if I'm the only one that's heard this or not. But this album, though entirely different musically, gave me incredibly similar vibes to um, Radiohead's In Rainbows record that they released back in 2006. But basically just the idea that like Radiohead from like early 2000s to like 2005 were doing like electronica infused rock, right? It was very like synths and keyboards and like weird sounding stuff. And then they did In Rainbows, which they um, went back to an earlier producer that they had worked with. And they like brought Tom York's vocals back to the forefront. They had more like guitar mixed into it. And just basically like the warmth and like organicness of this album is like almost mirrored in, in Rainbows. And it's just, it's really interesting. It's two completely different things, but just to hear like, this shift from like coming out of electronica back into like something you're more familiar and comfortable with and just like how much that music has changed what you sound like now as a rock band again. I don't know. It is really cool parallel for me. I'm going to check it out. It's in rainbows is also a great record. What, what songs are on there? What's the, what's like the, like the um, house of cards, nude, um, videotape, um, um, weird fishes, which Leanne the Havis covers in her latest record. Leanne the Havis, excuse me, in her latest record. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of more like well-known, um, more Havis. recent Radiohead, which you know, that's a long time ago. But they don't release records very often. So, sure. I love this record. Me too. I did this one. Yeah, the one that we're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, me too. Sadie's home. And I think I loved it because I, like, I have followed her up until this point. Like, it, it, yeah. It does help add some, like, extra value to it when you see, like, where she's come from to get to this album. Yeah. I do want to know, did you just outright hate it? Or did you just kind of ambivalent towards it? You at least like indifferent. Yeah. Like, like I said, like I could imagine it in a movie soundtrack, but I wouldn't actually buy the CD. (laughs) Honestly, it might be an easier sell if it were a movie soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, Amanda was listening to to it with me earlier Mm -hmm. and even she was immediately first song. She was like, this belongs in a movie. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And Quentin Tarantino is a very like great, pick to yeah, like yeah it's just because it's not it's good music and i get it and the instrument i love i think the band's murdering it yes. i think they really <laughs> steal the show on this whole album yeah i could have done without her altogether but well you gotta remember her guitar is a big part of it too yeah <laughs> so like maybe but without it's just indifferent clutched like it was fine i didn't hate what about, it what about I'm, you miss jean i think i'm still sorting out how i feel about it yeah I felt that it way about the car seat headrest album. Has grown on me in certain ways, and then I don't. I don't yeah, I've railed against it in others. There's still things I think I'm settling with it. Um, some of it I feel like is coming with time, and some of it I don't. You guys make it sound like I need to revisit some of her other work, and maybe things will click a little bit better for me. I think I still that actually. Uh, I I feel extremes in both ways like i feel like it might click and then i and also feel not? like it would just like okay it's well defi- i don't know it's definitely a universe though okay okay like, okay well like- that's that's what i'm thinking i guess yeah. is more of a universe i don't think i'm expecting similar stylistic sounds or anything i think a, a world building probably maybe a little bit yeah. of a backbone to contribute because yeah. at the end of the album my biggest thing is i still reach this point where i'm like she has these women that she like she personally like names them out. And I was like, well, I feel like I still am wondering why she chose the particular women that right. she chose. And at the end of it, I think I'm still like trying to grasp it. Like she tells you this story. It's a very personal story. There are very personal snippets into her life. Um, but they're almost like this, like super like zoomed in microcosm. Yeah. But there's still some sort of like, like some lack of connection that she makes. And that's, I said she plays her cards to her chest to like earlier. And that's kind of what I mean is like, does it really let you in? Yeah. I get a little bit confused on those moments. Do you have equated her, her story to theirs? That's a good question. To who? To, to the those women. Well, I think I yes. wanted. I think I just wanted her to like connect <laughs> with like she's dead wrong. <laughs> why she's picking these women more, and yeah. I don't feel like she ever does that throughout the album. So yeah. yeah, that is a question I wind up asking myself. I'm like, who are these women, and why does she pick them? I will say this album is by far more focused on one concept than other albums are for her yeah the other stuff tends to be a little more broad reaching even though there are still like this johnny character that recurs in in her album personal meaning do they hold over her was the question that i like that's verbatim in my my book yeah well she may still be figuring it out herself to be honest because i mean her dad was released in 2019 so it's been two years but i mean it's still like you know it's something to deal with no matter your you know we can't. We don't know how she feels because we're not in her shoes, you know. So, 
I think I want some of that resolution. But then another thing that I read was like she was making statements in her like interviews where, well, maybe she's not specifically, but ultimately like she doesn't feel like as an artist she wants. That's why she plays characters instead of like fully herself. Yeah. She does want to kind of distance herself from these things. I don't know. Like I, I really am still going round and round with that because I'm like, yes, I understand that there's just some, like there's some sort of disconnect. Like something's not fully happening for me just yet. That's fair. And I mean, this is even for her, like fan base, like this is a, a left turn for her. Mm-hmm. So like there, I guarantee you she's going to have people that like really loved all of her, everything she's done who don't like this album at all. So I not only as a guitar player, but also a St. Vincent fan. Absolutely love this album. <laughs> okay. Well, so I guess it. we're done talking about the album. Um, oh, <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, Colton Cox, Calvin Arsenia. Um, how do we find you? How do we see you? Where are we going to see you next? You can sign up for my emails on my website at calvinarsenia.com and I will tell you everything you want to know at that point. Great. And then you already mentioned the tour. The tour. Um, you can find me also on my website through my mailing list, coltoncoxrockinsoul.com, which is also my tag on Instagram and Facebook and all that nonsense. So Sign up and you'll be in the know. And check out Stuck because... I need your place. I just, I need them. I don't care if you listen to it. Just play it. (laughs) Put it on mute, whatever. Repeat all night long. All night. It's not bad. It's not a bad song. (laughs) He's really selling it. Wow. Marketing, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? I didn't text you, but I thought to, because I was listening to it on my way to work. I was like, shit, I should text Colton. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Uh, Thank you. Thank the next time we meet, we are going. Jeannie to- was talking about me. <laughs> Can we like stretch that conversation? We talk about you all the time. <laughs> it's more yelling at me all the time than it is anything else. Anyway, true. continue, Brandon. The next time we meet, we're going to be talking about um, Reefer Madness. Which is a movie musical, um, and we will have two more friends of the pod, but they will remain a secret. It'll be a surprise. Oh, the secret is so exciting. Um, uh, but thank you for joining us. Thank you, Calvin, for being here and being yes. our friend of the pod. Can we give, give him a little, little? Yeah, thank you for being we'll here. <laughs> um, and what we like to do is um, just sing the word "bye" in a very loud and obnoxious tone <laughs> okay. to sign off. So, bye. bye.